Welcome into episode eight, Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. Number eight. Number eight. The podcast for the working musician. For the working musician by the working musician. By the working musician. And who are those working musicians? That'd be me, John Mobley. How are you? And my best good friend. It would also be me, Chris Maps. Uh, so guys, we've, uh, we've covered some, some cool topics here in the, in the past few weeks, John and I've been really proud to kind of go from, uh, practice to, you know, taking those implementations of practice into learning a song and taking yes. those songs and your preparedness to the stage, yep. what it like, what, what that looks like as far mm-hmm. as like stage mm-hmm. and, and getting through your stage mm-hmm. stuff. So we're going to kind of slow down a bit and talk about how all of these things kind of play a role, which is your sound. Right. right? How do you sound really good? Right. And does that mean you have to buy real expensive gear or can you sound like a million bucks on a budget? That, that is the question. And I think that we are going to probably speak to both. Um, but ultimately, you know, most of us, you know, there are financial constraints, you know, um, there, we just don't have unlimited resources to go out and, and, and spend, um, you know, we have to be on a budget, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Well, um, gear's expensive. And gear's think, expensive. You know. And especially for drummers, I mean, just a decent symbol alone is, you know, three fifty, four hundred dollars $400. Yeah. It can be, you it know, um, just like owning anything, um, uh, you know, when you're when you're getting gear, uh, or when you're when you're uh, purchasing anything that costs a lot of money, mm-hmm. it's an investment. Definitely, you're investing your dollars into something. Right. So when you let's say you're buying a house, yep. Right. If you buy a house that's twenty thousand dollars and mm. it's you've got to do all this work to it, and that's that's a great analogy. It's a terrible investment. Yeah. Conversely, if you buy a house that's a hundred thousand dollars and it's newer, got a newer roof, um, got a better you know heating and air unit, it's just a better investment. And it's the same kind of analogy you can use with gear. There are some things that just require more of an initial upfront investment. Yes, like having a good quality guitar. Yeah, right. Right. If you have a lesser expensive guitar, mm-hmm. there are things on that lesser expensive guitar that are going to cause you to um, not sound quite as good as mm-hmm. you probably could. Mm-hmm. And it's of no fault of your own. It's just the um, the components are inferior. Right. Uh, of an inferior quality, if you will. Right. Um, but that's, that's why that guitar is in that price point, because there's things that they had to skimp on, if you will, right. in order to keep it in that price range. Right. Um, we can debate and get into conversations about, you know, whether, you know, cheaper guitars that are manufactured today are just as good as higher end guitars. That's another podcast, another topic, but you have to be able to make an initial investment on to something that's going to pay dividends for you. Right. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead and, and remind our listeners that, you know, we're, we're a podcast for the working musician. Yeah. Right? So the, we assume that 
a few things are assumed of the listener. You, you could be a hobbyist. You could be a weekend warrior, as mm-hmm. we've discussed. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, weekend warrior might be a guy that, that plays on the weekend, but still right. has a part-time, full-time job. Still has job. a part-time, full-time job. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're in that range, too. But, you know, in the working musician range, I would say that John and I feel that that's someone that's doing this full-time. Full-time. Right? Yeah, that's, so, that's their that's their, that's their their breadwinner. So, as, as John's talking about guitars or drum sets or bass guitars or whatever, there are instruments that get you going. Mm-hmm. Right? These sure. are not the instruments that you're going to take into your working job as a musician. True, true. And and there are a lot of myths and things that I think we're going to kind of maybe dispel a little bit about, you know, when it's time to invest in quality and when it's time to invest in something that just works. Right. 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 So, and what I mean by just works is it doesn't have to have the name brand on said instrument headstock or on pedal right it's just you know a term that i've i learned from a from an old production guy we used to be chris and i used to tour with he used to say all the time if it sounds good it is good yeah i love that and that's the mentality that i take Mm -hmm. when i'm testing out a instrument piece of gear if it sounds good it is good Mm -hmm. you know and obviously sounding good is subjective Mm -hmm. um but we are going to assume you working class musicians, you weekend warriors, you're going to know if something sounds like crap. And if you don't know, your band members are going to tell you. They're going to tell you. Somebody's <laughs> going to tell you. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just, that's, that's exactly the truth. So when is it time to invest into quality and when is it time to just buy something that works? For me, a working guitar player... I think there's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think you need to invest in a good quality instrument. Um, that doesn't need that. That doesn't mean that you need to spend over a thousand dollars, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that it, sometimes it, that's the threshold. Yes, right. That thousand dollars, like a gear, grand. gear, yeah, gear under a thousand dollars. Is a broad spectrum. Yes, gear over a thousand dollars. I feel like you narrow, you've narrowed, you've narrowed, the, you've went through a different door. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Totally. So I think I, I like that you're you're summing it up. Like there's almost a line in the sand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and this harkens back to our retail days mm-hmm, because even how the instruments are merchandised, right? Right. You're gonna have the stuff every, at eye level. Right. You know, everything yeah. that's at eye level is going to be under a grand. Yep. All day, every day. All day, every day. Every, anything over that is going to be either on the very top or in a separate room. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if that's what you, and if you can afford that and you can do that, then great. Mm-hmm. Do that. That's what you want to do. But I'm simply saying that's not necessarily going to be the most efficient use of your resources. Right. Right. So, being able to determine, okay, where do I need to throw the bulk of my money at? Right. Okay. Right. So speaking for guitar players, you need a good amp and you need a good guitar. Right. So we're talking about musicians that are going from a hobbyist standpoint saying, Hey, I want to, I want to do this on the weekend, but mm-hmm. keep my job for now. Keep my job for now. Or maybe I want to. Maybe I am a weekend guy and I want to turn this into a full time thing. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about where they're going to invest their money to to make this as a like a supplementary thing for them yes. to make money, or they're doing music as full time, right? Right. And, and they're and they're working on a budget, right? And they're working on a budget, and and clearly the guy that's got the full time job, their budget is probably going to be uh, significantly less than somebody who's wanting to do this. Full professionally, professionally full time. So 
just to kind of speak to that demographic of people, you, you if you want to do this professionally, then you got to have the right tools. Right, right, right. Definitely. Just just like you're going out, I'll use the house analogy. If you're going out to fix your sink yep. or to fix some plumbing, right. you got to have the right tools for the job. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for working musicians. You have to have the right tools. So those guitar players, where, where would you tell these these musicians on a budget to to invest their money first? First thing is, uh, I think there are two things: um, good guitar and a good amp, and you can acquire both for under a grand mm-hmm. all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, there are tons of options as far as brands, manufacturers, and we're going to get into a lot of these different gear manufacturers, a lot of these different guitars. Um, we're going to dive into individual items and, and give you our interpretation of them. But just to kind of off the cuff, you know, you can go and get a good quality Fender Stratocaster for under a thousand bucks, and it's going to be able to do, or it's going to be able to cover cover multiple genres of music, mm-hmm. whether it be funk, pop, rock, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go out and purchase that pretty much all day, every day, at a guitar center, at, online, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're going to be ready to go. Right on the guitar, amplifier, same thing. Um, you can find a good quality Fender or a, or a even on the secondary market. You know, definitely. I mean, I do a lot. Most of my gear comes from the secondary market. I I, I buy used. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gear stores that I shop at that have used items, mm-hmm. and if they're in good shape, that's the best bang for your buck is yeah. to try the secondary market. Yeah, Reverb, uh, Reverb, yeah. Reverb.com, or just the Reverb app, which right. is tying you into that. Reverb's an excellent. Reverb is. It is the eBay for musicians, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and definitely pursue that avenue. Even the Weekend Warriors always, always, always tell those kind of cats, man, get on Craigslist or Reverb, see if you can buy secondhand. Right. So you don't have to, you know, um, really come out of pocket that much for your instrument. But the guitar needs to be good. You got to have a decent amp. Both of those things can be achieved for under a thousand dollars, and you're ready to go. Right, you're ready to go. Um, you don't. There, there. You know whether or not you can afford to buy more than that thousand dollar threshold. That's you know what your limit is, right? Yeah. And if you can, by all means, that's great. But you're not gonna honestly, at the end of the day, if the instrument is good and it sounds good and it's built right, mm-hmm. nobody in an audience is going to be able. That's only a $700 Stratocaster he's playing. <laughs> I know what a $2,000 Stratocaster sounds like. And right. sir, that is not a, that's not one. Right. Nobody's going to tell that. Right. 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 So I think that, you know, it's just like, I keep using the home analogy, but that's your foundation of, the, of, of, of a good guitar sound mm-hmm. is a good guitar and a good amp. Right. You're ready to go. Yeah. You're good to go with those things. You know, and I think for, you know, Speaking for for a drummer, um, you know, I think there's probably some quality investments that you just have to bite the bullet and and, mm-hmm. and do. And I would venture to say cymbals is probably one of those. Yeah, definitely cymbals. I mean, in the beginning, cymbals in general are expensive. Even yes. even beginner cymbals oh, are a hundred dollars for insane. one cymbal. So like, I want to buy a pack of cymbals. I'm going to spend two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. For the guy that wants to turn this into a job, you have to think 
my symbols are going to be part of my sound. You yep. know what I mean? Like the symbols I play now, they make my job a little easier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Symbols that are really high pitched or mm-hmm. really cheap. Like if you're trying to buy a new crash every six months or something because you can keep investing in cheaper crashes, well, the material they're made out of, they're not really as strong and they're not as musical. You know, like right. you want to be able to complement the music you're playing. And, and also to, to not to interrupt you, but you said something that I think is very interesting. You said it makes your job easier, uh-huh. not does your job. Right. Right. It makes your job easier. And that's what is going to uh, be noticeable when you invest in, you know, quality gear. It's yeah. going to make your job easier. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely makes it easier. Um, and even if that means saving a little bit, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're on totally. that thousand dollar, you know, if we're talking about that thousand dollar line right. in the sand, a thousand dollars on symbols is, is a good budget to have. I think, you know, I think so too. I think um, you can, you can get some quality, um, bang for your buck at mm-hmm. that price point for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Um, you know, the symbols I have now, they've, you know, they've been something I've acquired slowly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'll tell people, look, focus on the areas where you're going to keep time first. Amen. Yep. That makes sense. Hi-hats yep. first. Mm-hmm. Ride symbol first. Mm-hmm. Normally I start with a ride symbol. Mm-hmm. I think that's where your character and your playing comes from. I agree. And then get into your crash symbols. Mm-hmm. And the way I think about this is you're just kind of checking boxes a little at a time. Right. Unless you've got the budget to go out and spend $1,600, $2,000 on God symbols. bless you if you can. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. But, you know, think about it as small chunks. Go, mm-hmm. I want to tackle the ride symbol first. Yep. And when you yeah, get that, that ride symbol, cuts, cool. Yeah, exactly. Then you get your hi-hats. Then you get your crashes. And you get there slowly. Right. The cool thing about drums, and sometimes the bad thing, it depends on how you look at it, is drums really haven't changed in 100 years. Mm, mm-hmm. They're still wood and metal and mm-hmm. plastic. Mm-hmm. And plastic, by plastic, I mean drum heads. Drum heads, correct. That's really the essential things that are in right. a drum, right? So what's good about that is there's been so much technology that's taken place with mm-hmm. wood drum, mm-hmm. the drum shells themselves, mm-hmm. is you don't really have to buy a super expensive drum set. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean kick drum, snare drum, a few toms, maybe just a couple. Right. The entire shell pack, yeah, the, if you will, the, drums. The shells themselves aren't nearly as important as the drum head you put on them mm-hmm. and the way you tune them. Yes. I, I Yeah, I, I can give you an example of a drummer uh, that I've, not anybody that I still play with, but back in my early playing days, um, played with a gentleman that had a really nice, expensive drum set mm. and really nice, shiny K Custom Zildjian's. And I was like, wow, man, okay, so this guy's going to sound awesome. This is going to be freaking <laughs> awesome. And it sounded like hot garbage mm-hmm. because he didn't know how to tune his, his toms. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to tune the kick drum. Right. The snare sounded dead. Yep. Um, but his cymbals sounded good. Yeah. Yeah. When you get cymbals that expensive, no matter how you hit them, but, but, but that's, you know, you cut your nose off to spite your face, right? Right. right? You know, that expensive gear is not going to do the job for you. You right. have to know how to manipulate that. Right. And, and to get a quality sound out of it. And right. you, like you said, you got to know just how to tune your drums, man. I don't yep. think... Dr- you know, I don't think tuning your drums is put uh, on the top of the list as a drum. Man, it's so important. There's a super lot of guys. Um, uh, take a sip. Super important. Chris said it. <laughs> I mean, um, there's a lot of drummers to this day um, that I play with that don't necessarily have an idea of how they're tuning it. They just know how it sounds. Yeah. 
right? Mm -hmm. Which is okay because they've been doing it for a while and luckily they figured out what doesn't sound good and they know not to do that. They're tuning from feel. They're tuning from feel, right. You know, when I'm tuning my guitar, I'm tuning it to a 440 concert A pitch Mm -hmm. on my pedal Mm -hmm. that's always the same, right? And and tom tuning is such a subjective thing, I think, right? Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of drummers have different methods to how they tune. They do. I mean, some of them, they'll use like a drum dial, which mm-hmm. I'm all about those things because mm-hmm. I mean, this gives you a visual representation yes. of what you think you should send out to the audience or mm-hmm. the band audibly. Those are great, especially in the, in the studio. But I think that drummers have to learn to tune from Phil also. Like yeah. I think on the gig, I'll give you an example. In a sound check situation, if I'm having to fix the drums tuning, mm-hmm. I probably don't have a ton of time to critique down to the number with a drum dial. Right? right, I get to get that drum in tune pretty quickly and tweak it as I'm going. I used to have one of my band members. I, I keep a drum key, as most drummers normally do, is on your snare drum. Yep. And I would tweak the toms and the snare as I'm playing through the gig or as I'm mm-hmm. going through sound check. You know, middle of the song, if there's a breakdown, and I can kind of tweak something. Right. So you're you're tuning from ear, you're tuning from feel. Mm-hmm. Maybe tuning, tuning to the room you're playing. Yeah, in tuning as well. to the room as well. You know, there's there's things that you have to. This just happens over time. Mm-hmm. But if you're using terrible drum heads, you know, cheap drum heads, like the ones that ship on the You drums, can't get a good tone out of it. You can't. You really right. can't. You have to think about the artist you're playing with because certain drum heads do certain things. Some right. have more attack or right. warmth or sustain or they right. ring and, out and, more. And it's probably specific to the genre you're playing, right? It can be, yeah. And don't be that guy. I'm just going to say this. Don't be just that guy it. that goes, just say it. I'm going to play these ringy ass toms on this metal gig or whatever it may be, or I'm going to play these boomy toms on this jazz gig just because you want to be an individual. Right. You know, get, get yourself, get your feet wet, get into your scene a little more Mm -hmm. before you start being the guy that stands out because that could hurt you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Tuning the wrong way. Don't, don't, don't try and reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Right. Cause it's already been kind of, yeah, Yeah. totally. It's it's there for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I used to do some drummers that did fly gigs a lot. Uh They would, they would actually bring drum heads with them. They would take yeah, them out yeah, of their boxes sure, sure. and they would stack them together, yeah. you know, biggest to smallest. Mm-hmm. Let them acclimate. And they would stick them in something like a, you could put them in a cymbal bag. Sure. You know what I mean? And you could, you'd be comfortable sending that out. And if the backline kit, uh, you know, that was there, had some cheap drum heads on it, you can they would arrive a little back. early. They, yeah. would, they would arrive with these nice heads and, and do the tuning. And it was... It was perfect. So I would tell a lot of drummers, invest in good drum heads, invest in good tuning knowledge of those heads, Mm -hmm. and invest in good cymbals. Because your drum set, believe it or not, the actual set, the wood shells aren't as important. I would agree. I mean, I have a, my good, good friend of mine, Shannon Corey, he plays a drum set uh, made by a company called Trick Drums out of Chicago, Mm -hmm. and the shells are all aluminum. Mm. And they That's sound cool. like birch, uh-huh. very similar to a birch sound. You know, right. you know, lots of projection, lots yeah. of articulation. From the outside looking in, you would never know that those drums were made out of aluminum. Mm-hmm. You'd think that they were, you know, wooden shells. So I definitely agree with you that you know the shells aren't quite yeah. as important. Now, if we're talking about a studio musician, or we're talking about the guy that's trying to capture a certain mm-hmm. sound, maybe he wants the babinga shell. Sure. Maybe he wants the birch shell. Maybe right. he wants the maple mixed with something shell. Right. That's important. We're talking about 
Let's, let's all remember, we're talking about a musician on a budget. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a musician that's playing live to make money. Right. Right. We're, we're, trying, we're trying to check as many boxes as possible with one drum set, with one guitar, et cetera. Right. With, with you know, trying to create, you know, as much bang for the buck as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's going to benefit everybody, you know, whether you're a working musician, a weekend warrior. I mean, I think you know most of the you know our peers Mm -hmm. you know they subscribe to that same theory Mm -hmm. you know um i don't ever see you know somebody with a you know 1960 slingerland Mm -hmm. you know vintage kit or something Mm -hmm. like that on the road or like a collector series Mm -hmm. special edition dw drum set i hope you're not bringing your five thousand dollar kit on the road yeah i mean that's just you know if you are and you're good with that then I mean, I guess that's why they were made to be played, but I wouldn't do it. That's not no. something that, I, you know, no. I don't think. Not for, for, you know, consistent gigging, weekend gigging, week gigging, church gigging, mm-hmm. whatever. It's just it, somehow those two things, they, they, they conflict in my head. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and to kind of circle back to talk about, you know, you know, getting something that's specific to a genre, like Chris was referencing drum heads, you know, for, you know, if you're doing a jazz gig, you probably need a certain specific type of tom mm-hmm, head, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Well, for the guitar, it's kind of similar. You know, if you're playing, you know, country music, you don't want to bring, a, you know... Schechter. Yeah, a Schechter <laughs> seven-string, right? You know, I was almost going to say, you know, you can't bring your Marshall, but that's not really the case anymore. Right. Because that's kind of what they're looking for. But, you know, there is a specific... Uh, type of a of a sound and and that a genre of music is going to dictate your instrument right definitely country music um more times than not you're going to need a telecaster Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right um country music now is not your typical mom and pop country so no you know it's more of a rock feel but just generally broad brush stroke you know some sort of good high headroom, clean tube amp and a good quality Fender style guitar Mm -hmm. is what will, um, is what that genre is going to call for. Mm -hmm. So if you get on a hard rock gig, you know, you need to have a humbucking style guitar, a guitar that's got a humbucker in there and, you know, higher gain tube amplifier. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you're doing the digital route, you know, and you're using all these products that have, you know, cabinet simulation and impulse responses. And basically an impulse response is a digital uh, replication of a speaker cabinet. So a lot of these companies have digitally recreated the sound of an old Marshall 412 cabinet. Mm. And okay. that is an impulse response. You can go download it, install it in your multi-effects unit, and not have an amplifier at all. So like a Kemper. Kemper. Okay. Uh, your Axe Effects. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Line 6 Helix. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these, um, there's a few others that have, all of those uh, products have amp modeling and cabinet simulation. That's right. Where cool. you don't even have to have an amp or a cabinet. It's all provided in the unit itself. Right. So if you're doing, say, a corporate band and you're playing all these different varieties of songs mm-hmm. and you need all these different varieties of tones to be recalled at a moment's notice, then maybe that buying an amplifier might not be what you need to invest in. Maybe you need to invest in this Line 6 Helix that has 100 different digitally simulated amp models that sound just as good, 
you know, I mean, I can tell the difference, but the people, we're talking about people in the audience who are listening, they're not going to be able to tell. Right. So, you know, that might be where you want to put your money in because mm-hmm. it's going to take care of all your effects, all your amplifiers, all the cabinets, all the speaker simulation. It's all there. You bring this pedal, hook it up, and you're ready to go. That's going to cover every song, every tone that you're going to need to recall in, in that gig. Right. Um, so it's it's being aware of what your needs are, what gig you're 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 going to. Right. I was about to say it's it's up to the musician, especially if you want to turn this into something that you're using as to supplement your income, you know, for fun or to turn into a full time job. It's your job, and it's your responsibility to say what gear do I need for this artist? Right. Because and, at the and, end and, of the day, we're all we're side musicians. Right. We're side men, yep. and we're providing a service to lift that artist, you know, in some way. Right. And and. The biggest thing is research, right? Look online, go on YouTube, see what cats who are playing with country artists are using. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these different rig rundowns from these different yep. you know media sources on yep. YouTube that will interview guitar players in this band and go down their entire rig. Right. I mean, what better way to see what these cats are using? I mean, just it's yep. there. Just search it out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I do that a lot to kind of keep up with the Joneses as far as gear trends, mm-hmm. what cats are using. Not necessarily that I'm going to emulate it, but I'm looking for that quality, that bang for the buck, that little $30, $40, $50 pedal that's mm-hmm. on Keith Urban's board. Yeah. You're like, wait a second. Uh, if he's using that, it's good enough for me for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll give an example there. Uh, Keith Urban, uh, years ago, I'm pretty, I'm, he probably, I'm, I'm pretty positive he's changed out. There's a, a uh, MXR distortion pedal that mm-hmm. he had in his rig, and it was probably 40 bucks wow. at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a little red, little overdrive pedal, and he, he sweared by it. He just, it sounded good to him. Mm-hmm. And his tech used the same line. He said, it sounds good, it is good. Mm-hmm. He's like, just because the price tag is $40 doesn't mean that it's not going to work. For guitar players, that's going to happen more times than not. You need to research what you're going to buy before you buy it because chances are you can find something that's just as good for a little less. Right, right. And it just requires some a little sleuthing, if yeah. you will. Yeah, right? just a little, little, little extra work. You know, don't just assume that you just got to jump on guitarcenter.com or something and buy it brand new. Right. I mean, there's a lot to be said for buying something new. That's a good feeling. But again, we're talking budget. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you, you'd be surprised. A lot of guys, they dump money into stuff. Either they don't know how to use or it just didn't work for their application. And they used it two or three times and they put it out there. Which, and, is, which is my scenario of what you're describing. Mm-hmm. And when we were on the road doing our touring gig... I was endorsed by an amplifier company and I was able to try out all their stuff, all their different heads and cabinets. And I was just, my rig was overkill. Yeah. Right. At one point it was just way too much. And the only reason was because I had access to it. Right. Right. <laughs> Sometimes a budget will help you make really good decisions. Yes. Like, you know, infinite money and infinite options turns into infinite garbage. Maybe. Right. Exactly. You, you, you are you hit the nail on the head there. So, what that did in my uh, in my cycling of gear was it allowed me to pinpoint exactly. I was able to trim the fat. Yeah, trim the fat off the steak, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And if you are um, going out and spending money on all this gear that really ain't, ain't doing you a lick of good, you're, yep. you're, you're just cutting your nose off to spite your face. I used to I used to use this, this kind of thing for myself. Mm-hmm. When I was looking at gear and you get this temptation, new gear comes out, and of course you see the ad you know, it's marketed well, you know, man, I need that because X amount of musicians are using it, or maybe my favorite drummer's using it. I asked myself this, who's that for? Is that for me? Is that for you? Or is that for the artist that I'm using? Right. Exactly. A lot of times if it, if it serves the gig mm-hmm. I'm in or gigs, mm-hmm. I need it. Right. And, if, and it, if it's just for me, cool. I'll buy it and maybe use it at home if I got the extra money. But if it's, if it's something I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm going to buy, these are going to be my soul hi-hats. Mm-hmm. Or my soul ride symbol. And it turns out that it only works for a certain amount of things. Mm-hmm. Probably works perfect for the artist that is using it that I think I need it now. You know, These temptations will turn into a problem if you're not careful. You have to police yourself. Yeah, you do. You have, so, to, you have to be very diligent about you know, the carrot that's being dangled in front of you, if right, you will. Right. And guitar players fall into this uh, with, with foot pedals oh, a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah. It's like they see John freaking Mayer with the pedal. They got to have it. Or if they see, you know, Joe Bonamassa with that, they got to have it. And that yep. doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Right. Or it's going to work for your gigging situation. Now, for sure. Perhaps it will. Yeah, it might. It might be perfect for it. It might be perfect. But yeah. vet it out. Make sure. Right. You know, I can give you an example of recently I was looking for an EQ pedal um, to uh, EQ one of the channels of of my amplifiers that I use. And I went on a mission to find a quality EQ pedal for under 50 bucks. And of course I found it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's made by Fender and it's a little micro pedal. It's like the size of a stick of butter. And it, it just, it works. It's got all the EQ frequencies that I need, mm-hmm. and it's only—I think it's only six bands, but wow. it's got the ones I need mm-hmm. to tame in in, in, in my amp, mm-hmm. right? So it checks the box of it works. It's mm-hmm. got what I need, and the last one is does it sound good? Well, it also fits your budget too. And it you fits, know? yeah, you know? it fits my budget, and I bought it off Reverb. Yeah, um, I paid forty bucks for it. It's perfect. And it works. If it checks all those boxes, like, again, like, who's this for? You know what I mean? Like, if it fits everything you need it to be, don't be ashamed to spend $40. You know what I mean? I could have went out and bought the $150 EQ pedal that so-and-so artist had in his rat. Mm -hmm. But it necessarily, it's not necessarily what I needed. Right. I got what I needed. That, That makes it perfect. And I did that by just doing my due diligence, researching, figuring out what... Um, is going to work and mm-hmm. a lot of times you can you can already go ahead and figure stuff like that out just by researching mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, I think it is a good a good practice to uh, implement uh, before you go out and buy anything um, just research it man. yeah yeah there's, definitely there's tons of media there's tons of information out there for you to um ingest mm-hmm. listen to mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't you don't have to having a budget i think is going to help you get more out of what you're getting as opposed to just having an unlimited budget mm-hmm. because then it's just going to be more 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 i yeah. gotta have more 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 yeah. as opposed to i need what works right right 
So I think that's perfect, man. Um, I believe we've summed up uh, everything in this. I mean, you guys just be, you know, be cognizant of the decisions you're making for your gig, for your rig, for the artist you're playing for. Right. And, you know, of course, we all we all have that dream gear. And that gear is not normally what you take to your right. gig. And there's nothing wrong with, with, with having that stuff. You know, I, there's stuff that, you know, expensive stuff that I take out on the road that I probably shouldn't. But the only reason I do is because it... it it, it's something that no other thing provides for me. Like I have to. Right, right. If it to. becomes a have to, you just do it. And you just do it. But, right. you know, ultimately it's it's about if it sounds good, it is good. There we go. I love that. So, well, cool, guys. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you all next week. And we out. <laughs>